This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got to set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. And saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. Boom! It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. 10 yards. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. Let's go another week closer to deer season. Hopefully we're able to get out, do some velvet scouting, do some hanging cams, maybe hanging stands, uh, maybe some scouting. Hopefully we're able to get out and do some sort of whitetail work because season is just around the corner um this episode i'm going to talk about velvet bucks and is that velvet buck gonna stay and uh gonna talk about my last five years of trail cam data and hunting of whether my velvet bucks stayed or left and some of the things that i picked out over the five years um from the intel that i you know collected data i collected throughout the time of what some indications that a buck may leave, what some indications that a buck may stay. Um, so 
If you got a big velvet buck located and you're wondering if he's going to stay, hopefully there's something in this podcast that will point out to maybe give you the yay or the nay of whether he's going to leave or going to stay around in the area. Um, but before that, I just want to say a huge thank you um, to everybody that tunes into this podcast. Um, a lot of you guys know, um, just like everybody else out there, incredibly busy. I know it takes time to listen to these podcasts, um, and um, hopefully you're getting some knowledge or some entertainment out of it, one or the other. Um, I really appreciate you being here. Um, right now, it's 10:18 at night when I'm recording this, um, the day before release. Um, I had scheduled to record with two different people, um, and uh, both work got in the way. I worked a 16-hour day today, and uh, now I'm recording a podcast for you guys. Um, I cannot not release an episode for you guys Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's something I've dedicated myself to do because you guys keep showing up and listening to the show. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in every week um, and, and, you know, listening to the show. And like I said, hopefully you're getting some value for it. But let's get into the people that make this possible. And you know that is Exodus Outdoor Gear. And right now for the next 30 days, you can lock in 15% savings site-wide with V-Fest 23. Velvet Fest is here. The summertime whitetail is, is a go. Um, so beyond the 15% savings site-wide, they'll be running exclusive deals every Friday for specific Exodus gear. Um, the weekly deals will be released out in the email. So if you're not signed up for the email newsletter from Exodus, you need to do that. Um, if you're in the market for an Exodus camera or tailored arrows, hashtag VelvetFest will be the perfect opportunity to prepare, prepare for season. Um, so for my Exodus update this week, I have the rivals out going and man, am I on the velvet bucks? Um, I'm on a couple absolute studs and a couple of nice deer. Um, like I said, I'm not going to be giving away any of the details like I normally do. I am going to be releasing a full content video on my Patreon, um, that will be going into my exact setups, what they look like, where I put them. I'm also going to be doing a giveaway for whoever can pick the cam location that gets the biggest buck within the first month and a half of them being out, which I think is going to be pretty cool, pretty fun um, to see who can guess it and uh, who gets it right. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. Um, I also am. Uh, I also started something that I've never heard of until this week, Marco Polo. Um, so if you are part of my Patreon or want to be, you do have access to my Marco Polo account for WLP, um, where we can get on there and chat about our season in video format. Um, I signed up with that for my bow hunting league partners. They're on there. Um, so I'm digging that platform and wanted to put it out for you guys. So if you're interested in my Patreon, you can find it on any of my social links um, at, for the videos for the the trail cam updates and what bucks I'll be chasing this year. Going to be sharing pictures uh, as well as where I'm getting the pictures and how I'm setting the cams up and et cetera. So let's get into this content for this whitetail velvet, guys. It is velvet season. And let me tell you what, the deer this year, I have seen some really good bucks. I've been working a ton, but I normally have the evenings off um, in the weekends. So what I've been doing is 
we've been going to the lake a lot and then I've been driving around after we leave the, the beach at the lake and uh, just kind of cruising for bucks. My boys absolutely love it. My daughter falls asleep in the car during that time. It's about her bedtime anyways. So we've been cruising around. And, man, have we been finding some giants. Man, we found one the other night. Holy smokes. I about shit when I seen this buck, dude. Huge deer. Um, you know, some a lot of them I can't hunt. Some of them I have hunting ground that's close to them, you know. But it's cool to see them. And uh, the deer are out in the beans like crazy the alfalfa field and the beans like crazy um so that's been really fun so if you get a chance get out there and uh and see if you can find yourself a, a velvet buck hopefully gonna this weekend have some time to go out and actually film some of these velvet deer just for some cool velvet content um but going over the last five years of data i went through all my data from last year and just going over some of my velvet bucks um that i had i got a velvet uh, folder on my computer and just kind of seeing if it's a buck that stayed or left or um so will my velvet buck stay so you've at you've located a giant velvet buck and you're on them and uh it's it's that that time of year where you're like man is he gonna stay is he gonna go is he gonna switch is he gonna be a mile and a half away two miles away and you never really quite know um, what that deer is gonna do but there is some um, telltale signs that I've seen over the last five years um, with trail cameras and with actual visual of following deer um, that I can have a good idea if a buck is going to stay in the area or not. So first off and foremost, um, this is the dead giveaway. If your velvet buck's there and that buck you have history with during hunting season last year, there's a really, really, really good chance that he's going to stick around. Um, there's those bucks that, you know, come in, leave. Um, then there's bucks that come in, leave, and then come back. Um, and uh, if you have history with him during October, you know, early November, um, and he's velvet now, he's going to be doing about the same thing he did the year before, as long as there isn't a bunch of pressure in the area said, uh, but a few things to really look for when that deer may not leave, but he might leave for a little while and come back. Um, everybody calls it kind of the October lull. I really see it a right around the 20th of September. The bucks really start to ease back and, uh, get a little more nocturnal and not, not, you know, daylighting in the morning and stuff like that and not daylighting on the field edges, as much and uh, around that time what a lot of people say happens is oh it's a pressure you know season's coming they know but what's really happening is the acorns are starting to drop um and the the timber browse is there the acorns are there and they haven't they've been on that beans and alfalfa and corn all year acorns are fresh they're new they're on the ground and that is what they're going to be focusing on um, I know that it, uh, you know, the pressure does have an impact, but when you see those deer, when you lose those deer and they're not coming to those food sources in daylight anymore around that time of year, um, like I said, they're more than likely on the acorns back in the timber doing their thing, still there. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize for these velvet bucks is if you're on a velvet deer, especially this time of year, 
that deer does not move hardly at all. It has no reason to move very far. So his total like daily distance might be a couple hundred yards, 300 yards. Um, I got a trail cam picture at 5.30 in the morning of a buck, did it this morning, um, walk, going through a creek crossing, heavy creek crossing. And uh, I have a cam that's probably 300, 400 yards away from there, south. And he didn't get to that cam till 7.45 this morning. So he had that two-hour-plus gap to go that 300 yards. Um, they don't have a schedule, these bucks. Um, they're not trying to hit scrapes heavily. They're not trying to search doe bedding. They're not trying to mark their, you know, their territory for the season. They're just out there surviving, um, and trying to, you know, save as much nutrients and energy for antler growth, um, this time of year. So these deer aren't moving a lot and they're moving slow. Um, so a lot of times they're way closer to the ag than you think they are this time of year, um, and they're in that summer bedding. Um, one spot that I've found consistently for velvet bucks is the inside or outside corner of a standing cornfield this time of year. Um, a lot of people think beans, alfalfa, et cetera, et cetera. You cannot forget that that corn is pretty much like a timber cover for them. And their bed 10 yards into the woods, like up on a little rise or something, where they can disappear into that corn. Um, I've seen it a hundred times, man, just a big giant, right when you step out of the corn on the edge and you step in the timber, you jump a giant right there. And when you get closer to season, a lot of times that buck is still in that area and you'll see rubs and scrapes and stuff all over the edge of the timber. And that's a good sign. If you're seeing that early in the year, that there's a buck bedded pretty close to somewhere around that cornfield. And like I said, a lot of times it's those inside and outside corners, the point of a timber that kind of goes out into the, into the corn or that bowl, that hidden inside bowl of timber on the backside of that cornfield. Um, and like I said, it, it seems like there's that 10 yard buffer where they like to hang 10 yards in and bed just right there, like 10, 15 yards off the field. And a lot of times, like I said, if there's like a where they've put, you know, they've had a runoff for a field and they built like a little dam or a little levee or something. I see a lot of bucks bed right on those up on that high spot where they can pop off the back into the cover or pop out into the corn. They get the wind there. They get, you know, the shade of the timber, but they still get the openness of that field to escape. So that's one spot to definitely check for those um, velvet bucks. It's a really hard spot to run trail cams because. Everybody knows that you're going to get a bunch of blanks if you run them on corn. Corn is notoriously blowing in the wind. The drier it gets, the more it moves around. Um, but you can get some really good pictures on the edge of those inside corners for bucks going out and going in. Um, one other thing that you really need to look at for those bucks that you have previous history with, um, with them being a pretty good chance that they're going to stay, is the ag switch. If you're in an area that goes bean to corn, bean to corn, I've had certain bucks that only get trail cam pictures on the bean side, and then you think they leave, but when those beans turn, they just go back in the woods. Um, and then I have deer that feed in into the brown beans. It's weird. Every, every deer is kind of individual in that sense, but that ag switch is crucial. That time of year when that ag starts to turn, starts losing that moisture, they're going to start out seeking other food. And 
Um, another thing that a lot of people don't know is a deer can live on browse alone, and there is a tremendous amount of browse right now in the woods for these deer, like insane amounts. They can browse on everything out there. You know, um, there's so much different opportunities for food for them that they don't have to travel very far. And once that, once that corn or those beans dry up, they might completely stop going to that field. And if you're just glassing them and you're thinking, oh man, this buck's gone. He's not coming out anymore. A lot of times, if you have history of that deer being in the area, he's there somewhere in those woods. He's just not coming to that field. He might be coming to the field, but he's browsing in the, in the woods in daylight and getting that nutrients and then going out and getting some, getting some grain after the fact at night and then going back in the woods. Um, but if you're, if you're not given on trail cam in that time of year and you're not seeing him in the fields and you have history of him in, in deer season, don't be afraid to make moves on that deer. Don't be afraid to hang stands for that deer. Don't be afraid to move cams for that deer when he shows back up. Um, that's one thing that I need to mention with the bucks that leave is to not do that stuff. We'll hit that in a minute. Um, but for the bucks that stay, watch the acorns, watch the ag switch. Um, and then one other thing, it seems like with my, my trail cam data, if the buck stays past the 10th to the 15th of September, good chance he's staying there all year. Um, it seems like the bucks that leave, leave before then, um, they either shed their velvet and leave right away. Like you get a, get one or two pictures of them out of velvet and then they're gone or they shed velvet and they stay there. Um, and that's one thing I want to mention as well. I got down in the notes here when they shed velvet, the bucks do something. I don't know if they feel weak during that time period or, they don't know exactly what's going on or there's a lot of stuff there, you know, their horns are hardening and they're, they're getting that first shot of, you know, testosterone going through their body, getting ready for the rut or what, but they go like dormant when they shed their, their velvet. It's so weird how you get pictures of them, get pictures of them, won't get pictures of them for a week and a half, two weeks, they come back, no velvet. Um, I just don't know if they don't move much that time of year or if they feel weird during that time of year, there's just, I don't get, I've got very few pictures of velvet hanging off of bucks. I've got a few, but most of the time it's, they're in velvet. I don't get pictures of them for a week. I think they're gone. Boom. They come back hard horn. Um, so there's, they do something during that time period. That's, they don't, they don't act like they normally do. Um, and then they, you know, they go right back to their normal, scheduled routine there is something that like a light switch happens when they shed velvet around that time like that september 10th 15th 20th um it seems like they just they just uh get really smart they just stop daylight and stop hitting the scrapes in daylight and start saying okay hunting season's coming i need to get a little smarter need to go to my secondary bedding and uh there's going to be people hunting me soon. It's like they know when they get hard horn that they need to be a little safer. Um, so something to, that's something to think about for the bucks that you know that you have history with. So the bucks that say you went into an area, you got, you're on a brand new piece of public or you just picked up a piece of private and you located a giant, mega giant velvet buck. You're all over him. He's daylighting in the field. You're, you're watching him in the evening, glassing him up. 
You got no history of them. You got no history of this property. Um, you just got on it, um, and you you're on this buck. Um, my suggestion of what I've done is I I believe from what I've collected data over the past few years was sixty to seventy percent of my bucks in velvet that I had no history with leave. Um, so that's some pretty shitty odds. If you ask me, you know, 70% of the deer that you got on camera, seven out of 10 bucks you've located are going to leave and not be in the same area. Um, and I don't, don't know if that's just my data. Cause like I said, this is just me, what I've seen, but there's a lot of bucks that I get excited about and I get trail cam pictures of and velvet and I never see them again. Like ever. I got a buck named TT. Man, that was a few years ago. Um, what a giant. Just I got some the most beautiful velvet pictures of him. Just a perfect frame, 12-pointer with some trash. Just a mega buck, exactly what you want to see. And uh, only velvet pictures of him. And then just vanished. And we, I thought he got hit by a car. Um, there's a, a deer that had the head cut off. Um, early season that got hit by a car on the side of the road, big body deer knew it was a big buck. Um, but he vanished and we never got any trail cam pictures of him again. Um, but like last year I had a buck, um, three-year-old deer that was in the same area, no history of him coming up. And, uh, he was there, he was there, he was there past September 10th ish. I was like, okay, this is going to be a potential deer to get a look at hardhorn because they always look different from velvet to hardhorn. It's like they lose. You think the deer is way bigger in velvet than he actually is, and then once he gets down to his hardhorn frame, you're like, man, it, you know, he's right there on the edge of a shooter. Um, they just they're just a way different animal. Um, but he ended up staying. That deer left about a week and a half. I had an encounter with him late season, and I had a counter with him. I think like the twelfth of October. He's probably like a high 120s 130 class deer um so that's a deer that i'll be looking for in velvet um and i have a really good idea okay okay this deer stayed he's in the area nothing's changed in the area and uh let's see if he stays but i believe he will so that's a deer that you want to go hang stands on you want to move cams for but say you're in a new area and you're on that giant buck and you're like man i gotta get in there I got to get some stands hung. I got to do this. I got to do that. I need to scout this whole area and figure it out. That's great. And you might want to do a little bit of that, but just hold off. Um, in my, in my years of hunting, I figured I found out in the past, like you get a new piece, you got to go hang stands. You want to scout, you got to get stands hung, et cetera, et cetera. You can do that in season with a little impact, almost better than you can before season. Because I guarantee you, even if that buck stays and you go out there and you hang that that stand, you're going to be 50, 80, 100 yards off of where you actually need to be to kill that deer. And it's just like there's this buffer of you're in the right area, you can fill the right area out, but you don't know exactly how the deer are using the area. And you're either going to get winded by deer, spooked deer on the way in or way out, and you're going to have to tweak that set. So it's better to go in there and hunt you know, with a mobile setup and hunt a tree and say, okay, this is where I need to get a permanent stand. This is the spot. Instead of going in there, hanging a permanent set with all the ratchet straps, all the, you know, you're carrying in all that heavy shit, you're banging around and you get it set up. And you then, then October 3rd, you're like, man, I got to take it down and move 
three trees this way because the shooting's not good or or the you know they're using this trail higher up on the ridge or whatever when you can go in there and do a hanging hunt um and figure out kind of how the deer are using it and then decide where you need to stand after a couple hunts um and a lot of times i won't even hang a stand on the property for the first year and just kind of feel it out and figure out where um where the bucks actually use on trail camera and where i actually can hunt the deer without spooking them um for me having a stand hung somewhere is kind of tweaks my arm a little bit to where the wind might not be perfect for that setup but you're like man it's already set up i can sneak in there and, and get in the tree real easy slide right up not affect anything um so you pick the easy of course you know you pick the easy go in there hop in the pre-hung stand and the wind's just a tick off of what you actually need to be you need to be five trees north and then the wind would be perfect well if you don't have a stand in there you can go in there and hang wherever you want so that's something that i have done over the years and i find myself hanging stands still and then still not hunting them just hunting off of where they are just a little bit um, because over the years when you hunt stuff you just get you get a little smarter on that property and a little smarter on that property and a little smarter um and you kind of figure out how the deer that use in that area so don't waste a lot of your time right now hanging stands on these new velvet bucks because you don't know if they're going to be there and you don't know how the ag switch is going to affect them you don't know how the acorns are going to affect them um, if you have a mobile set great if you don't have a mobile set do an observation set of where you think this deer is going to be then go and hang your stands you know um, whether you can do it with a spotting scope or you hang a, you know, if you're a gun hunter, maybe you hang a, a gun stand where you can overlook a certain area for gun but not for a bow, and then you move in for your kill bow, your bow stand, and that's an option as well. I have a couple of those that are still hanging. They're just, you know, just observation sets I've never killed a deer out of, but early season, if I'm on a buck but I'm not exactly sure, I'll go there and set and kind of get a feel for what he's actually doing um and i hung an observation set a couple years ago i went in or not the last year i went in with a mobile setup and hung hung up in this tree on the field uh went in there's third i seen 30 plus deer that night early october end up shooting a doe and no deer winded me or spooked in this mobile setup i went in there hung it took it out nothing I moved down 70 yards down the timber edge. It's a, a timber that comes out into the cornfield, and there's kind of like that inside corner, you know, that's money where a lot of the deer were coming out of. I moved 70 yards closer to that inside corner, and I got busted by multiple deer. I put a pre-hung stand in there, thought it was covered good. There's something about it. They'd come out into that field, and they look over there, and boom, they had me. It wouldn't be moving. I don't know what it was. Um, but 70 yards down, not an eye, not a, no idea I was there. So I need to go out and move that stand, move it back 70 yards down. And it's a little better for the wind during the rut in certain conditions further down there. Um, and am I going to see deer and not be able to shoot them? Possibly because it, they're just right there on the edge of getting to a certain spot in daylight. Cause you're trying to get that buffer, you know? Um, but it's worth playing it safe to not bump those deer and bump those does off the field in daylight before bucks are following the does coming off. Um, so that's just one of those things where you hung, hung a stand, you thought it was going to be good, 
but you're in the wrong tree. These deer are busting you for some reason. Now you got to go out, take that down, move it, and uh, and you could have just waited and, and hunted and figured out where you needed to go. Because um, a lot of times, like I said, even after you hunt it once, you don't really know. You need to hunt it two, three, four times to see how the deer react in the area. Um, another thing for, for the velvet bucks, you know, if you're in a new area and you're not sure if he's going to leave, look at what the ground has to offer. Um, is there a bunch of mature bucks in that area already? Is this deer going to have a bunch of competition? Um, is there good ag? Is there good cover when, you know, when the canopy has gone, is there any thermal cover anywhere around on this property that's going to hold this deer? Or is it a big oaken oak flat where it's wide open and, you know, it looks beautiful. looks like a picture book of like a park, but it's not going to hold bucks. They love that kind of stuff this time of year, but it's not going to hold bucks later. So kind of look at the ground and decide, is this thick enough to hold a buck? And is there food here? Is there does here? Is there competition from other bucks here? You know, because one bully buck can run out a whole slew of bucks after they shed velvet. They get very, very territorial. And a lot of the bucks will want to stay, but you have, you know, a buck that's going to chase them off. You know, do you have a buck that's a bully buck that fights every other buck, is, breaks his tines off all the time? You got to think, like, you know, am I going to waste my time, you know, early season trying to get on this buck when I have this bully buck that's going to potentially chase him off? Or do I go with a buck I know that I'm going to have a good shot at hunting during the season and put my assets, my stands, my cameras on him instead of this new maybe the new buck's bigger you know but don't don't ride him off just uh you know verify and then hunt that's the best way i can put it use the most recent information you have don't bank on him being there but don't bank on him leaving either just got to feel it out uh that's the the trickiest thing this time of year man you especially on a new property that you've never been to and you get a couple really good bucks you get really excited you want to get in there and make a bunch of moves and make it your own and figure out how they work the area. It's best just to chill and just kind of watch them and, and then make a move when season comes. Um, now my season starts October 1st. So I know a lot of other people start held buddies of mine got Kentucky or uh, got velvet season coming up real quick. Um, so that it's a completely different ball game then, man, if you're on a buck and you can hunt him in velvet, you you can really put some assets on that deer because you're going to have a good crack at him doing the exact same thing. I said it before, if Illinois had a velvet season, it would be devastating to the bucks around here because the bucks just do dumb stuff this time of year. It's just insane how many bucks are out in the middle of a field, daylight, giant bucks, you know, huge deer that you don't see like ever during season, like you know, uh, just out there just browsing around in a bean field, browsing around in an alfalfa field, not a care in the world, out there just chilling. Um, but, you know, if you had a velvet season, so many people would kill in Illinois. It would be it'd be insane. So if you have that option, definitely throw assets on him. If you are that guy that starts September 1st, go for it, dude. You still have a really good window. That's right before they start that change. You know, you can really get after those deer you get to that like missouri opener that september 15th that's when they start to switch start to move a lot during that time frame is what i've 
noticed they you know they've shed, they've shed velvet they're some of them still carrying maybe um they're starting to get that testosterone juicing up getting ready for give the season and uh starting getting territorial and bucks start leaving bucks start coming that's a really weird time and transition um so that is one of those times where you might not want to throw a bunch of you know assets at a buck this early in the year um you know now if if you if you got if you've seen him a couple of times or you got a couple of trail cam pictures of him, cool. But if it's one of those deers, like we had a deer um, pickles on public land that I found that homie killed opening evening, that deer did the same thing all velvet season, got hard horned, did the same thing. We went in there and killed him. Um, so if you got a buck that's like that, it's like hitting a food plot every single night and you can keep pegs on him, yeah, like if it's getting close to season. Start making a plan, hang a stand, get in there, figure out what you're going to do, you know, put a blind out, whatever you're going to do to kill them. Um, don't, don't wait on a deer like that, but don't spend a whole bunch of time wasting your days out there hanging stands and sets because this time of year is brutal for a whitetail hunter. It's hot, muggy, there's cockaburs all over the place, there's ticks, mosquitoes, um, mosquitoes just drive me insane when I run summertime trail cams. I just hate the shit out of mosquitoes. And I know there's stuff you can do, but I'm, I'm good enough to have time to go hang cameras and make sure they're all formatted and the cards are in, the batteries are going and the solar panels, let alone carry a thermocell or, you know, whatever I spray down and rip in the woods. I, I just, I'm very minimalistic when it comes to that kind of stuff about how much stuff I take, I normally take a machete and my cams and a backpack and that's it. Um, so I know there's ways to go about it, but they they drive me nuts and there's nothing worse than you're out there. You're sweating and you know, you're, you're wearing your harness, you're sweating all in it. You're getting it soaked and you're trying to hang a set and you can't really tell what the canopy is going to look like because there's, it's thick as hell, and you swack out a whole bunch of stuff, and then it's wide open when season comes because you took out too much, um, and you know you got good cover, and then you realize, man, shit, I should have been three foot lower when season starts, or I should have been ten foot higher. Like you don't, you don't know until it's hunting season what that place is going to look like. Um, but like, say you hunted an area, and man, this buck was in this area for a week and a half in October. And you got trail cam pictures of him. Maybe you encountered him. Why not spend the time on that deer that you know is going to be there and go hang a setup for him? No, don't do no whitetail work, but just put your eggs where you kind of know, you know, put your effort into a buck that you kind of know is going to be there. Um, I've done it, I don't know how many times. You're chasing a, a mega giant. You're chasing a ghost. You're trying to find him in velvet. You get one picture of him. You're all ooly and ollie on him and googly eyed and you're like oh yeah this i'm gonna get on him i'm gonna find him and then you're moving shit all over the place putting your sin all over trying to move cams to figure out where he's at then you find him finally and then he leaves when he sheds velvet and you can't find him after that so literally days and hours and hours of time spent out in the woods banging around crawling on your hands and knees bushwhacking through thick shit was for nothing for nothing um, and some people really enjoy the, the summertime grind for whitetails. It is my absolute least favorite time to do any kind of whitetail work ever. And at this time of year, July, August, oh, it is terrible, absolutely terrible. 
Um, I would rather do nothing and then wait, you know, and a little bit later. Um, so I wanted to, I talked to a few buddies of mine about Velvet Bucks before I wanted to record this. And I got one buddy who has never got a trail cam picture of a Velvet Buck and then killed him. Every single deer that he has killed, buck that he's killed, and he's killed a shitload, like 15, you know, 15 to 20 range, like solid good deer. He's never had a velvet picture of the deer that he's hunting in season. Um, so for him, velvet cams aren't even worth the time. You know, hanging stands ain't even worth the time. He don't even want to know what's out there because it's just going to jack him up for when season comes. So he waits fairly late to hang his cameras um, now I got another buddy who is all over the velvet bucks, man. He kills them so early out of seat right when season starts that a lot of like, he, he told me like 90% of the bucks that he has stay. Um, so it's very, it's very property or property oriented. And once you kind of feel out a property after a couple of years and see how the bucks react on it and if a deer leave or stay and kind of get a ratio um, then you can better, better decide what you're going to do with, with your, you know, with your, your assets, whether you're going to put them on the deer or not. So in a nutshell, will my velvet buck stay? I hate to discourage you guys, but if you don't have history with the deer, the answer is probably no. If you're in an area where the, it's a weird spot for the buck to be, or, um, it, it's not really good habitat or you, there's not good cover there's other bucks in the area already. A lot of times that buck is going to leave. Um, I hate to discourage anybody that's out there. You know, he may stay, but without the history of that deer in that area during season, my suggestion would be don't waste your time on him. Keep tabs on him. Don't waste, don't put a whole bunch of time and effort in him and take away from bucks that are going to be killable during season because you're going to be kicking yourself in the ass when that deer leaves and you cannot find him and you see a trail cam picture of him three miles away, someone killed him in the rut, and you're like, well, I wasted a whole month trying to find that deer and hang stands on him and move around and hunting a deer that wasn't even there. Um, because, like I said, the, a lot of these velvet bucks, they just disappear. They just literally evaporate from your property and you have no idea where they went. You never get another trail cam picture of them. And it's just a free, I had one come through last year, crazy buck, kickers all over the place, bunch of base points, um, got killed about a mile and a half from where I got trail cams pictures of him. Got one set of trail cam pictures of that deer. That deer is huge deer, mind you. And I'm thinking, holy shit, this deer showed up. Let's, you know, but he's just doing his migration north to south. Of probably what that deer did every year, and I was just lucky enough to get a trail cam pictures of him. Then I get a picture of a guy. He said, "Look what my buddy killed." And, you know, in November, he killed a good, real good one. And I looked at pictures. I'm like, "Shit, that's that buck that I had." And then I ask him, "Well, where's he? Where did he kill it?" And he kind of gave me an area. And I'm like, "Well, that makes sense. The deer went straight south into more timber, more better habitat, more does, more food. Like he left the kind of open little." farm pocket area went south into the bigger block of timber area where it's better thicker habitat for those big mature bucks so um just to recap everything watch that ag switch watch those acorns 
Watch for that September 10th, 15th. If he's still around, really good chance that he's going to stay from my trail cam data. That history from prior years, whether it's trail camera or visual sighting, is huge on whether that buck's going to stay around in the area. Um, and then, uh, you know, if if uh, just if you're going to waste time, make sure you understand that that deer could disappear any day. Like, it's not a guarantee that he's going to be there. So if he's big enough that he's twisting your arm and pulling you that direction, just realize that it could all be for nothing. Um, and if you're cool with your season going that way, go for it. I've been there. I've done it I don't know how many times where I'm like, man, I just wasted you know a month of my season on this deer, and he's not even, he's not even remotely in my area. I cannot find him. And you're always hoping that he's going to pop back in, and it never does. Um, so that is, in a nutshell, will my velvet buck stay? And uh, I know I was pretty downer there saying that they're probably going to leave. Um, but I hope if you're on a giant, man, I hope that he sticks around and uh, you can uh, you can put a pin on him. Um, the bucks that I mentioned earlier that I'm going to be sharing pictures of on my Patreon, I have history with two of them. One of them, no history at all, giant wide eight-pointer. Um, the other two that I located with um, scouting, you know, driving around, glassing and stuff, no history at all with him. One's an absolute giant. I'm going to go throw one camera in his area on a scrape, see if I get pictures of him. If I get pictures of him, I'm going to monitor him, monitor him, see if he stays around. He's not in an area that I see him staying, though. He's in one of those areas that's kind of weird. Um, I'm still going to be glassing the fields, of course. The other one, however, I don't have history with. Um, he's in a bachelor group. All the other bucks are way smaller than him, um, way, way smaller than him. So I could see him potentially being the dominant buck in that area and not getting ran out by another deer. Now, I'm not saying that another deer can't come in there or there's better habitat for him elsewhere, but um, there's a lot of low-pressure ground where he's at, um, and I have a very, I have a good feeling that he's going to stick around. Like I said, I don't have that prior history, but he's in an area with – bucks that aren't bigger than him or or older than him and he's in an area where there's low pressure low hunting pressure good food good cover pretty good chance that deer might stay in the area so that's just something that i'll be putting a little bit more assets into that deer even though he is smaller um just because i have a good i have a good idea that i'll be able to hunt him during season when this other deer is is humongous humongous man biggest Biggest velvet buck I've seen all year. Um, huge, huge frame on him. Just absolutely glorious. I've seen a back shot of him walking away um, down this lane and backed up and got a good shot on him where he whipped his head around, you know, to check me out in the truck. And I about, like I said, my jaw hit the, hit the floor, and I was like, holy shit. And he's just in an absolute bullshit velvet buck area. High to houses all around high pressure not a lot of timber just a weird weird spot for but perfect spot for him to be just chilling out there um you know in kind of an urban environment um and uh but i like i said i can get pretty close to where he was at in daylight and kind of the direction that he was traveling um to hang a camera and uh see if i can get him on a scrape there and there's a there's a nice water feature there where I think he might be hitting and I can put that scrape on the backside of a water pinch 
have the water draw plus the scrape plus the pinch throughout throughout the whole year kind of a three uh a three button combo and uh see if you see if he stays in the area so like i said i'll be hanging a cam there um if you want to get the full details of where i'm hanging all the cam like i said make sure and check out the patreon um like always guys thank you for tuning in all the way to the end i love you guys i appreciate you tuning in this episode i hope that your velvet bucks hang around I hope that you can find some giants to get on. And like I said, if you're one of those early season guys that can hunt them in velvet, go full send on that because I'm I'm hella jealous of you guys. Um, you're going to be hunting way earlier than I am. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, love you guys. Like always, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. And Whitetail Legacy is out till we're coming in your ear holes next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. And before I end this, the next two episodes – I got so many messages about not hunting public land um, and people still want to hear public land content. So I'm having some two pretty well-known public land guys, one to just talk about what it takes to be a successful hunter, public or private, what he believes are seven key things that he need you need to be a successful whitetail hunter year after year. And then the next episode is going to be seven key things for a public land hunter to be successful so i'm not giving up on the public land content i'm still going to put it out there for you guys i know a lot of you guys are public land hunters just not something that i'm going to be doing this year very much at all um all right we out